Welcome everybody to the Nerdpool Podcast with the fat fool who loves Deadpool, your host, Jamie. The water's fine. Come on in. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Nerdpool Podcast. As always, I am your host, the fat fool that loves Deadpool. Yes, it's me. It's me. It's a J-M-I-E, your 44th favorite podcast host, and as always, your Sherpa down this road of nerdiness. And on today's episode, we have a guest in-house. That's right. He is from one of my first episodes. He runs the Geek and Thought YouTube channel. Go check out his newest one, as you will laugh your ass off, I guarantee it. He is the hipster nerd, as I like to call him. He's the guy that hates Forrest Gump. And again, he's the guy who thinks DC should bend the knee to Marvel. So, what's up, Andrew? How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Like, all those are facts. So. <laughs> I know they all. are. That's why I love saying them. <laughs> today, we're going to be talking probably the biggest thing in geek that's happened this week. And that is the debut and premiere of Ready Player One, the Ernest Klein novel that was written for geeks, pop culture junkies, and 80s nerds. And became none of that at the movie theater. I'm just being honest here. Um, before I get into what I thought of it, if you haven't seen the video, go watch it. It's Spoilers, not, yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, um, Andrew doesn't spoil stuff on his. Here, I don't give a shit. Yeah. I'm going to spoil everything. Um, if you don't like it, I'm sorry. He tries to be not. I don't. I, I, I've been I, holding back on it, and, and now like I just have to talk about it. Like, well, I again, just, this is mine. I, you, if you've listened to any episode I've ever done, I spoil constantly. Like, I I did, spoil I'll stuff. even tell you I'm not going to spoil and then contradict myself <laughs> like a minute and a half later. Yeah. So, Andrew, what did you think of Ready Player One, the movie? I want to hear what you thought, actually, first. Because before I start crapping on things, because that's what I do with my life, I want to hear like a positive take on it for everybody before I start just... Movie like a darkness over it. Well, I'll tell you, uh, I loved the book. Like, the book is one of my favorite. It's not a long read for anybody who doesn't like to read a lot. And it's full of, like I said, pop culture, just trivia and knowledge and stuff that, you know, most people like us aren't really catered to when it comes to novels and stuff. It was written for people who like this genre of stuff. The movie, they changed pretty much everything but the... Uh, names. But, but the names and the the very ending, yeah, like they they even that's changed though. Yes, but yeah. still, the movie was fun. I enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed seeing the Easter egg. It's a movie that if you go see it, you're going to have to see it multiple times if you want to try to catch all the Easter eggs because there's characters everywhere that you're not seeing off the first bat because there's a lot of stuff going on. Sure, the acting. Some of it isn't great. Like, the main character, I actually, I think he did a decent job. I don't think he was given much of a overall, like, an acting vehicle here. But I think he's fine for what he brings to the table. I think it's fine. But overall, it's, like, a really suboptimal, like, acting movie. It's just, it, it, it's a popcorn movie. Yeah, well, luckily, you don't have to rely that much on the actors. It's more of their voice acting and stuff mm. like that. I don't know if they did motion capture for it or not. I, I really don't. Uh, maybe, maybe, yeah. But the guy that played uh, Halliday, I really, I really enjoyed him. I think he did well as, as his. Yeah, he played that that, that like that closet he, closet yeah, nerd he's, who's uncomfortable. He's not well. in the, he's not in the movie a whole lot, yeah. you know, as him. But I think he did good when he was. Now was originally they said he, they were going to try to get Gene Wilder to do it, which oh, would that, have been that awesome. amazing. Yeah, but as we know, it, it couldn't happen. Yeah. So. <laughs> But again, the movie I liked it. I think anybody who's a fan of pop culture, or if you're a if you, if you're a geek nerd, whatever you want to call it, you'll enjoy the movie. I think at the very least, you'll get lost in the overindulgence of just of just like you know random things being thrown at you. And even if, even if you think it's a bad movie, you won't notice it until it's over because you've been pegged with so much you know just '80s and '90s retro you know stuff hitting you or whatever. Um, but yeah, my so I'm gonna start with the negative stuff first. And my, my surprise, surprise. My, my first thing has to be the massive differences in the book and the movie. Yeah, it was. It's it's from from the opening jump. It's like so in the book for everybody who's read it, the main character is poor and he starts off and and he can't explore this. This amazing world and everything. Uh, sir, you need to be woke. It's 2018. I think he's wealthily challenged. Sure. <laughs> uh, so it's so it, it was it was really 
annoying to see at the very beginning of the movie that he's already like this established player in the game and that was like kind of a, a big turning point for his character going going in the book was that when when he, he like you know he couldn't explore and gain levels and gain items and stuff so like him finding the first gate was a really cool deal because he like finally got money to like start start being this established well, character. Well they did they did touch on a little bit I mean it wasn't like it wasn't if you go see the movie it's not like he was in the movie he was you know like this well known player he sure. had his friend Excuse me. He had H. Who he was yes. his friend. He wasn't well known, and like, they did kind of, kind of plan to him not being big when they're doing the race for the first. Yeah. Game. And he, you know, H saves him a place up front, and he said, "No, I can't afford it." Yeah, because he got to get loose coins to but fuel. To also to that, him getting his car was a big deal in the book, and yes, like, and like, it became it became a really big symbol for his his popularity. And they just started him off with that. And, and in fact, like his clothes and his outfits and his tattoos, he even states in the book that like you know he he can't afford extra hairdos and outfits and stuff. So like at the very end of the movie, you, you like see him in like a basic look, which is what he has actually at the very beginning. And, and like in the book, it's really it's a really cool combat moment that it's not about having all that stuff. It's just about knowing like all about holiday. And so like you know even at the end when he doesn't have anything, he's still able to like you know win the contest or whatever. And, and like you don't get that moment at all in this because he starts off not really rags to riches it's just like you know okay riches you know you know kind of well i do i do think you know with the book again the book is i think three what a 360 it's not very long 380 it's a relatively short book so they couldn't just i think they had to save time on it which i really wish they didn't but again it's one of the things where i didn't want them splitting it up into two three movies even yeah. though they could have done that I, they should have sure. done that you know first movies this key this you know but you run the risk of it being the Hobbit, to where it's the movie is so small, and you're just stretching, trying to find stuff to put in a movie to stretch it into. What's it. funny though is that we had talked about this, and I, I felt that Ernest Klein could have really expanded more because I because he talks about certain things in really small structures about like planets and stuff, and like you know, there's certain worlds and video games and this and that, you know, and like I would have liked to have gone to those worlds and seen more stuff and seen more of the world and the actual world besides the um, uh, the Oasis. And it's, we saw Minecraft World. Yeah, and, and that was such like a just like you know, hey kids, you know, look, look, look at this, well, whatever. Again, I, I think it was they were they took it out of the '80s, they put it more towards the day because I think they're trying to appeal to the young audience now. So yes. they can look and they can say, hey, that you know that is Minecraft. Yeah. Hey, so it's not the whole time of them going, Daddy, what's that? What's that? I don't understand that reference. You know, how many kids today that are seeing this movie that aren't already saw, saw War Games? That's in yeah. the book or anything like or. I would say Pac-Man, but I guess Pac-Man's everywhere. You can buy the retro arcade at Yeah, that's true. So so for people who, who haven't read the book, um, I'm going to go over a, a, like a little list here of everything that is exactly different. So starting with basically H's background is entirely different because in the book she's this like really badass like PvP and they don't touch it on that at all and so basically as a pro as opposed to her being this person who can build uh vehicles and stuff she's actually like a really awesome player in the game and makes a lot of money from sponsors and, and that's just like not even talked about um h's home life is it, a little different or whatever they, they don't care about oasis but they take his stuff and pawn it and stuff at times or whatever yeah. and like it's more about him being in school and stuff and and all that things um the every gate every key is entirely different and in fact in the movie there's just three uh challenges when in the book there's six challenges actually. not everything because we went over at, at, at the very end it, it so there's there's like kind of one of the six yeah. and i it just so that was kind of annoying um the the uh the artemis's backgrounds change where she's like this like rebellion leader all of a sudden which uh, you know, yeah, didn't her, exist her Dad. Yeah, and it was like so. So that was kind of annoying. The um, two Asian guys are actually their rivals for like the first like you know two quarters of the book until one of them dies actually, which they don't talk about at all. And uh, and then Artemis being in the um, I, uh, IOI um, station is actually Parzival, who's actually comes up with this like really cool plan or whatever to actually like you break in like and take down these shields and stuff. And actually, him at the stacks when it exploded, he 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 fakes his own death, and then he, he like he's on the lamb and stuff, and he's like you know so like there's so many parts that are different. But yes, I mean like there is the basis that is the same that like all uh the like you know the movie the book are, are called the same thing, all the character names are the same, and it's about a contest. So that's that's pretty much it, and then everything else is entirely different. But King Kong, yeah, Mecha Godzilla, sure, sure, yeah. I was kind of annoyed that Wade Watts is not special in the movie. 
So in the book, it, it, it's kind of a big deal because um, he is poor. So he spends all his time, like, like, like every single day for the last five years, he, he looks at every single thing from the uh, holidays collection. And he's able to spot um, uh, patterns and certain like nuances that nobody else actually likes paying attention to. And it's gotten to the point where only him and a few other people in the entire game are actually still looking at things. And so when he finally figures out where the first uh, a, a key or, or, or the first challenge is, it's, it's really important. Impressive. But in but in the movie you see that a person's already figured out the, the challenge and it's not even him. And so and so so he's just like everybody else going to the gate where somebody else has had everything else. So I would rather watch that person's story who was smart enough to like figure things out and not wait. Well the first in the book he does it, you know, like I said, he's poor, he can basically travel to school and that's, that's it. That's yeah. it. And the uh, first gate ends up being on that planet. On the planet, so which that, makes sense. Yes, which makes sense. So it, it makes but, it more fair. In, in this, it, like you said, they've already found it and they've been racing because it's a race now and they've been racing this for months yes. and nobody has finished it because when you go through this race, there's stuff popping up, flipping cars. Uh, there's a T-Rex that wrecks through cars. Yeah. King Kong actually is at the end of it. And all you have to do is drive backwards, apparently. Yeah, which so, is which, so simple. Which I'm just saying this, Mater would have won that <laughs> key first off because he's the world's best backwards driver. Um, I'm just the movie again. It's not bad, and if you're if you're in that, you're gonna love all the references, all the Easter eggs. Sure. I will say again, it seems to me like a lot of the stuff they either just updated because they wanted to, or maybe they couldn't get the intellectual properties for certain stuff yes. in the '80s. Because some of the movies are so well loved, you know, like like I've said before, it's like getting a Beatles song or a Michael Jackson song. You have to pay out your ass to get this. Yeah. Because and a lot of it is Warner Brothers that did this movie, or was involved in this movie. You see a lot of their Easter eggs. You see Batman. You'll see Harley Quinn. You'll they King Kong, the Godzilla franchise. You're seeing a lot of deep, uh, Warner Brothers Easter eggs because basically they can say, hey, we need that. Put it in here. Yeah, and, and horror-based stuff as well. Yeah. They have um, uh, certain little companies that yeah, also run there. Saying, like Friday the 13th. You're and, seeing, and yeah, you're seeing Jason Voorhees and Freddy, uh, and Freddy Krueger. And the, the, one, the one Easter egg I saw is like, you said Ninja Turtles. I saw your video, you said the Ninja Turtles. I didn't know the Ninja Turtles were going to be in it. Like, and I was excited. And then it's the Michael Bay Ninja Turtles. I know, yeah, right? So, like, I was, I was, I was like, <laughs> you get excited I, and it's I, like, oh, I was like, shit. I was like, a turtle with a, oh, it's Michael Bay. Uh, it's, the, it's a terrible racist turtles. I don't want those at all. I swear, and one of the I swear I could be wrong, but I think I saw Battletoads in there. Yes, yes, they are uh, charging up. There's a few times I saw it, but I'm like, you know, it's it's a live action, and you've always only seen the Battletoads drawn, so you never know what. Yeah. So I'm like, but I'm like, is that? It looks like it, but I don't. It could just be a toad. It could it, it could be Doomsday. I don't. I don't know. I don't mean. I don't know. I would have liked to have actually had them more in there, or whatever. Because like they, I think that they that they might have had a cartoon in the nineties or something. But that's like so so. And they had ago. one of the hardest video games. Oh my god! Ever. Ugh. Wade not being special. It was kind of annoying because that was his his one thing was that like you know he was able to like you know see through all the you know um, all the. Uh, 80s and 90s like you know like movies and and stuff and music and this and that and that's what kind of like got him his fame and in this he just kind of like a piggybacks on like everybody else's knowledge as well and, and that is kind of like it brought him down for me a little bit also i kind of want to talk about was spielberg the right director for this movie when when, when it first came out i was like man that's a great a great choice but when i started to look at his work like he hasn't had like a really successful movie with a fantasy style element in a long time he's been doing like really well with the like serious you know biopic films like you know um uh like uh war horse and things like that but he hasn't had like a really good science fiction style movie in a long time and i feel that maybe his his voice that was once really creative and young and powerful and passion uh has now been drawn out by his more like analytical style well i will say i i think that if they had gone like it was in the book when it was more 80s early 90s oriented mm -hmm. i honestly think it might have been better because that's that was his peak when he was doing jurassic parks when he was doing sure. et stuff like that and now it seems like a lot of his stuff has been recently i don't want to say cash grabs or oh, i don't want to say i don't want to say cash grab and i don't want to say it's overhyped i kind of want to say like oscar grab like, you know, he, he's trying to get notice more to get more, you know, gold in, in, in his chest or whatever, as opposed to just making, like, really, like, you know, passionate, like, you know, poison films and everything. Yeah, I agree. So, I don't know if he was the right choice. Like I said, the movie's good. I enjoy it. And you're making me hate the movie because we're talking, and I don't good, know yes. how he's doing this. But. So, I want to throw another director at you. 
And I hate because I I, I bring him um, him up a lot because like I I, I think he's great. Um, but he had another movie that was in the exact same vein. It, it was it, it was a book series first, and then he he took the movie and then turned it into this like amazing film. And that is Edgar Wright, who did Scott Pilgrim. And if you watch Scott Pilgrim, it was being actually written at the same time as the film. And I love both versions. The comic books are are awesome and great and, and very and very charming. Yes and, yes, and there's video games and all types of of awesome stuff in there. And then the film has got so many more elements that like you know that Edgar Wright's creativity is is his strongest uh, overall, you know, um, uh, like power, basically. And there's so many amazing scenes in that film. And I think if he got his hands on, on something like this, it would have been absolutely stellar. It would just, like, knock, like, out of the park here. It, uh, I can say that because Scott Pilgrim was based in the same type yes. thing. And it was done incredibly well. It's great. But, I mean, you say Edgar Wright should be directed almost everything. Everything, man, because he's amazing. <laughs> you know what? See, this is the this is the issue. Uh, Andrew has a man crush on Edgar Wright. I do, I do. The same as I have a man crush on Kevin Smith. But even I would say <laughs> Kevin Smith should not be directing Ready Player One. He shouldn't be, though. I mean, like, you know, now, if it was just them talking about playing video games... Then yeah, sure, but but like, if, if there's any action sequences that need to be shot. I don't want Kevin Smith doing it. If it's like really charming, charismatic scenes about them, like you're talking about like who's gay and stuff, whatever, then then awesome. That that would all be like you know awesome, whatever for me. But get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I agree with that. Now Spielberg, back to that question. I don't. I mean, I want to say yes. I mean, because this movie putting Spielberg's name on it. Instantly gives credibility. It does. It to does. Anything. Yes, totally. And I, I don't know if that was part of the reason they did it. Might be. Or if it's that he had passion for this, and you know, maybe he was a fan of the book. I don't know. I haven't heard him say anything about the yes. book or anything, so I don't know. And after watching the movie, uh, one thing really came to mind, and that was that Spielberg doesn't understand video games. Like, like, like I was sitting there watching this, and it's like he thought that if he just put characters who were in video games in the movie that it would make it a video game movie and that's not how video games work at all like like th there's no uh, game like interfacing going on there's no there's no video game-esque moments at all in here he just puts them in like scenes and then he's like hey look guys there's Ryu and it's like that that doesn't make it a video game dude like at all I mean, I mean, I mean like at the end fight where like he's throwing like no um, certain attacks from Street Fighter that was video game-esque but like it, so like in the first uh, key setting if the race had had like power ups and like you know, car changes, like and transformation, yes, that would have been really, really cool and fun and very like interactive in, in, in terms of what we're like you're watching. So like you know, and then like that certain characters hit like power ups, like like the red shell and stuff. You can have them breaking the 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 like fourth wall and stuff. Instead, he just like throws in like you know cars and stuff. It's like, hey, okay, guys, look, there's stuff there. Awesome. But the thing is, is now granted he's the director, but. Is that on him or is it on the people that wrote the script? Because I don't know how many, I don't know if they went to Spielberg and say, hey, who do you want, you know, what characters do you want put in there? Yeah. I don't know if that's on him or if that's on the script saying we need to do it. Like the writers saying, hey, we need to put these video game characters here and not writing it. I think at the end of the day, it's Spielberg. And I think he probably had like, like, you know, just overall say, right? I mean, because, you know, it's, it's Spielberg. But again, it's like, you, it's like you said, if he doesn't understand video games, if he doesn't play, True. how yes. is he going to know, you know, oh, I got to put, you know, he, he probably don't know who the hell Ryu is, <laughs> Ryu, whatever you I, I know, I, I totally agree with that so, because, like, I, I feel that, um, like, in, in the second quest, when they go into The Shining, right? Uh, it's it's it, it, as it starts. I'm like, okay, okay, this is kind of cool. And then it's it's a co-op mission. When in the book, it's it's, it's just him doing it. I would have loved to see him go into this as like Danny Torrance, and then have have uh, the uh, overlay like in the game Dragon Quest. Where where like you know arrows and stuff are popping up and so and so he's constantly had like you know make the the like right lines right choices and stuff in the film and then he's getting points and stuff and he has a a uh, health meter I just think that it should have been more video game esque and not just him being like hey guys isn't this cool well the problem there was like the shining first off it was it was cool as shit the way that it, it was I'm not saying it wasn't because, I think no you could have been better but that's what I'm saying though because basically they take you into the shining and they show you parts of the movie and characters and things and it looks like you're in the movie. Granted, they don't show Jack Nicholson. They yeah. kind of tease it, and I'm like, "There's no way they're gonna. There's no way they're gonna show him. Like, like I was, I was warning them to, but I was like, "There's no way that they're gonna be able to show Jack Nicholson." Yeah. And they ended up not. They ended up changing it. But it was a really cool scene to do, and I think the reason that they didn't do it, like you said, which they did in the book with War Games, was it was War Games. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So they they can't do it like that because you're gonna have to get the rights basically to that entire part of the film. Yeah. And again, 
while they're spending a lot of money on this, that's going to be expensive. Why not just pick a film that was really popular that they made? You know what I'm saying? And and then just like you know, do that instead, as opposed to picking like a whole other film just to get like you know tongue and cheek points or something. You're or saying we could have been in Batman '89. That would have been pretty funny. I mean, like I mean, like you know, having I, I was telling somebody that I really that like if you had chosen like you know, something like um, Jurassic Park. And you had to play as like Goldblum's character or something, and then bringing in Goldblum to act as himself as a kid acting like him would have been so funny to have him like you know doing like you know little like you know moves and stuff whatever. That could I mean like I, I think that they they needed to have uh, broken the the uh, are you are you uh, about, fourth wall more are you talking about kind of like uh, the Jumanji when you had yeah him? yeah yeah that would have been like really funny I think. It could have been, but then you run the risk of Goldblum playing Goldblum, which Goldblum does in everything now. He's so good. <laughs> he, he, he is. The Grandmaster, man. Like, he, he, he's so funny in that. It, it was so good. <laughs> so, I mean, um, from, from moving on there, uh, you, you brought up the um, problem with the like, IP. Mm-hmm. And I think that if they knew going into it that they weren't going to have nearly the amount of of, of rights over things, they needed to have thought of more creative solutions to, to what that they did have rights. And so as opposed to just doing like really, really big broad scenes and throwing a bunch of like Easter eggs in your face, why not stretch those out and make those really sell? Like, you know, as opposed to at the end where it's just a big fight, you know, and, and so it's, it's just quick shots and scenes of just like, oh look, it's Overwatch and it's and, it, and it's Halo and it's Ninja Turtles and it's Chucky. Why not like, you know, had those moments like, you know, stretched out a little bit more and like, and like really, really let those sell a little bit. It. Like, as a first gate, they could have had them doing the um, uh, D&D quest or whatever. And then at the end, uh, he's playing the Lich for, in, in Joust or whatever. They could have had him go into, like, this big 8-bit world. And then you actually see them fighting on the uh, uh, ostriches and stuff or whatever. So even though, like, it might have, on paper, it might not sound like it's that interesting, you could have really made that really cool, I think. Well, it, again, I know they spent a lot of money, but it could have went back to money on... Doing the, doing turning it into an eight bit, which seems like it wouldn't be expensive. I'm I'm sure it is. But that's yeah. what I mean. You know, but it seems like you think well, you're going backwards. It's not going to be as much to turn an entire thing in eight bit is going to be that. And when you stretch it out, it could be one of the things where you know, like, well, we'll give you this right property, and but you can't, you know, you you can't stretch it out. You have this moment to use. You can use that. We paid for this, or you know, for a one shot. What? Okay. I don't know. I, I have no clue. It, I'm pretty. You probably don't. Either. I don't know how IP work. I don't. I know you can buy it to use, but I don't know. Yeah, well, if it's if it's how you can have it. You know, you can use this much screen time for it. If you can use, you know, for this extended period. If you own the rights for this or part, I don't know how that works. Even if that's the case, um, why not? Okay, so they could have used the IP for, for like Street Fighter, mm-hmm. and then had him go in a, in the game as a character. And then been doing like you know Street Fighter stuff or whatever like 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 a lot of a lot of uh, like fans of the series would love to have, have, have seen him go up against like you know Blanca and, and Ryu and Ken and then and then crack jokes on him as he's doing it for like jokes that we've been doing for like years and years like like he could have you know talked trash to Ken calling him basically a uh, counterpart of Ryu you know like you know, and just like you know like like a lot more inside jokes I think we really could have like it worked here that would have worked if it had been the Street Fighter movie I want to see Van Damme Guile. I want to see that. <laughs> so, uh, from, from all the stuff that I didn't like to the stuff that I actually did like, um, I think um, he he liked the credits. Um, <laughs> the credits were so good. <laughs> um, his use of color in this is really well. It, it's awesome. Like the, the 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 Oasis, everything in it looks good. Yes, it it looks because it's not trying to make everything look realistic. It's looking like a video game you would play nowadays. Yeah. Where you have features of the actual people, and you have you know detail, but it's not crazy detail they're not trying to make you look like a Beowulf did or mm-hmm. like that but they're not trying to make you look real it's looking like a video game and I did like that um like the um like the um uh, race is great when they go in the club um all those like purples and stuff you know, you know and the blues and everything like it, it looked really really good it, it was incredible them dancing to the Bee Gees it was awesome. It, it was. Awesome. It, it, it was really cool. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, by from, the way, by the way, in that scene, uh, it got a little bit sexual, right? In a, there. a little bit. It, it got a little bit sexual. She's going up and down his legs, man. Come on. Well, she she asked him first. You got, <laughs> you got to just gloves on. He wearing the whole suit. Okay, look, look, let's bring that up. Why does anybody wear that suit except to have sex? Because like, oh, I don't want to get. A feeling of getting shot, getting shot, getting, getting kicked, getting in, the kicked in the nuts, getting punched in the chest. Like, why would anybody ever wear that except to just like go on there like and have sex? It, it, it makes no sense. I guess because it, it, it makes it feel more real, and you're trying to escape reality too much. I'm, well, I mean, like, it, it, like in the book, it, it memory serves. I think that the, the suit it uh, 
it uh, the uh, uh, like lag time is faster, and so you could act more in combat and stuff, whatever. And then also, it happens to have a uh, pleasure center and stuff, whatever, as well. <laughs> but um, I would never wear that ever because it looks awful. Getting getting hacked in the chest or shot in the face just sounds. I don't. I don't, I don't want that ever. It's just awful. Um, I will say that. As he constantly does, uh, this is very family friendly. Uh, I mean, like there's there, there's all sorts of moments that, 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 that that's very kid friendly and family stuff. Like the little uh, little Asian kid is is really cute. Whatever he's like, I'm 11 years old. You know, like like it's fine. You're the most badass 11. Yeah, you know, like, there, there, there's all sorts of moments like that. And I think at the end of the day, that's what the studio was going for. Probably was. Well, that, that, that's what I mean. They're 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 trying to aim it towards more of a younger kid crowd that you're gonna you know that. Even though we're the ones who make the money, yes, and go pay and, and go see it. The thing is, though, they're I think they're trying to do this so they can sell merchandise. You know, they're going to go in there, they're going to see all this stuff. But oh, I saw that in that movie, Dad. I want it. You know, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if there's any toys out for Ready Player One or not. You know, R.I.P. Toys R Us. You're I don't know. Me cry. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't. I don't know because normally, you know, a movie like that, that's what they're doing. They're trying to market out, and this where you're going to make your money off of. Yeah. I don't know if they're doing that with this, but it seemed like they were focusing more towards the kids instead of focusing it towards the. The audience that the book was yeah. directed at, which was be our age group, people the, who were around at that time. That's what I was saying. Was that the the the, the book was written for people in their late twenties and thirties, and the movie is for people that are like fourteen or so. And so and so your your new up and coming nerd, and, and the movie is done in in a pretty smart way where there's enough subtext used in the film that you don't need to know anything past what you're actually watching. Um, a small gripe in the uh, second gate with the shining um i was annoyed that h didn't know what the shining was like because in, in in the book her and and wade study everything and so it was kind of annoying for her to be like oh i never saw the shining yeah, like, are, are you serious holiday junkies the yeah i mean like, i mean and come on and, and not only that but um he he apparently watched the shining in the year 2026 in a theater, like like so, so in this world that is like you know falling apart and corporation taking over, the, there was a a uh, <laughs> like movieplex playing like you know the uh, like Shining or something in like you know ten years from now. Well, it happened. Yeah, I mean, you got to think yeah. they still. I, I saw Back to the Future last year in the in the movie theater. They still show Rocky Horror Picture Show. They still show not the anymore. Movie. They well hold on. The, uh, I, I think they're stopping Gone with the Wind. That, that that yeah, but that's yeah. that's for a completely different reason. We're not yeah, getting into yeah, I know, yeah. We're not we're not getting into yeah. political views <laughs> yeah. on this because I'm gonna go all day and then, then nobody's gonna listen to this. Domo origato, Mister Roboto. Yeah. Um, what were your uh, favorite um, like Easter eggs? I don't I don't know. Like I said, I'm watching the movie and I'm seeing catching them. Just, yeah. But I'm so focused on what's going on because I've never seen the it's movie true. Yeah. that I can't catch. I'm gonna have, if you want to talk Easter eggs, I'm gonna have to say it again. So that's why I'm like, I know what's gonna happen. Let me. It was hard. Let me look on the left side. Let me look on the right side. Let me and just like catch. We sat a little too close for, for the um, like current theater that, that we're in, and so I, I couldn't really focus on the left or the right too much. Um, but from what I saw on YouTube uh, during the race, there uh, they have the car from like Mad Max. Which is like awesome, and like, and like, I didn't see it or whatever, but, but that, that sounds really cool. Um, there's a lot of like other little nuances and stuff, like when he's holding up his like boombox, that's from like you know, say anything or whatever. Mm. Even though the song choice, okay, so a lot of the music I liked in the film, the music, just the just just as songs, good. the soundtrack is good. But I don't like where songs were used because it was so on the nose that it was just cheesy. Like, you know, them playing Twisted Sister, We're Not Gonna Take It, with all the kids coming up to, like, you know, fight back was, like, so, so well, on the nose. speaking of music, and we talk about this, Rush is a big, Rush yes. is a big, big component in the book. In the book. Holiday's such a big Rush. And it's not and in the movie this, at all. There's no Rush. They're, they're no, they're, you see a Rush poster, like, I, once or twice. I think so, yeah. But other than that, you're not, you don't hear it. Yeah, and you would think that with it being a big deal, they would play at least one Rush Tom. And like, I failed to to think that they could have spent a little bit of money to get like Tom Sawyer. Like, I mean, I mean, just get one song, you know, and, and then play it a couple times or something or whatever. Well, I will say is when they were going into the the generation of stuff, they were going with the newer thing. We're lucky we didn't get a something from Fetty Wap or something as he okay. was into. You know what I mean? Like, because it seemed like they were gearing towards stuff. You know, um. Yeah, no, I mean, like, and, and then, like, there's there's other little moments, like, you know, it was cool having, um, 
like in, in the opening little like a PvP scene or whatever on the like Doom Planet, it was like you know his his stepdad or whatever is the character from, from like Starcraft. And, like okay, I, like another thing, <laughs> people who play video games don't just make themselves look like other characters. Uh, it, it does happen sometimes. You go buy packs that have skins, but for the most part, when you're playing the game, you make it a character how you look. And I was annoyed that only the main characters had their own like you know like style or whatever, and then everybody else just just like it's more Harley Quinn more or, or Holly Quinn and Chun Li and this. It's like no, not, what, what are you talking about? That's how this works, man. Ugh. So like that was like well maybe those people had maybe they were maybe it was skins you could buy and or something so maybe. so so everybody in the entire world has a skin except for them <laughs> except for like the, well, these five like, people and uh, like T J Miller's character T J Miller was the most pointless character in this entire movie. he doesn't do anything in the no, entire movie but the, that's another thing like, he's funny he, he's but that's the problem he's supposed to be the the badass yes. the one that. You know, like the killer, like everybody goes to. He he look his character looks cool as shit. But then they get there and he's cracking jokes, talking about he's got arthritis in his neck or what. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. What what is? I, I didn't understand that at all. I would have rather actually uh, of T J Miller had voiced H as opposed to them using that that, that weird like you know like you know T Pain style. Um, well, they, like, they, you know, they, they did voice that. Mod. They did that because H ends up spoilers. Being it, a it's a female, but but that's the so like you can tell that, that that they're trying to cover that. Yeah, but just use a male voice, though. I, I'm, you know, I, I mean, like as opposed unless like you know paying the actor, I guess that they had to use her voice or something or whatever. But it's like just use a voice that's not like because it said it, it was it was at a place in the world of everybody using natural voices. It was, yeah. it was just kind of strange. Well, I'm glad that they didn't go with one part, and that is in the book when. She he actually finds out who H is and H is a, a gay black woman. Yeah. That she says that my mom told me that it would be easier, you know, a man it's easier for a man in the world or whatever. I'm glad they didn't go there in the movie because I didn't want to hear, you know, at the end of this weekend they we're hearing yeah. all these remarks about how, oh, they're trying to say that, you know, that, that men can do it and women can and like we should because you know what happened, and I think they kind of steered that away because of even though it's a black gay woman, yeah, they're still going to go there saying that it. Oh well, it's, it's easier for a man. Even they know it. I'm glad they didn't go there. So, it, um, there's like scenes like that, and, and the Iron Giant's like really, really in this, even though she's not in the book, or, or, or like he's not in the book, I guess, really at all. I mean, yeah. like you know, there's he's he's talked about a little bit. And then, but this nobody, nobody. I guess they they just had the rights over Iron Giant. They were like, all right, cool. We're just gonna. I don't do this remember thing. who did the Iron Giant, so I have no clue. But I don't it's it's in it a lot. Like it ends up being a big, mm-hmm. especially in the third act. The end. That Iron yeah. Giant ends up being a big, big component and big, bridge. Literally, it ends up being a bridge. Well, to, what's funny? So, so uh, people are saying that that is an Easter egg to the first. Um, uh, film of like Superman when he like lays on the tracks mm-hmm. and the railroad the uh, uh, like, train goes over and whatever. So I'm saying that that's a, a callback to that and stuff, whatever. But I mean, like I don't know, I'm not to call back, but like you know, it just, it just you, see, it is. you see a Terminator Two reference when it, yeah guy yeah dies, dies or whatever. Lawlin yeah. gives the thumbs up again. Spoilers if you haven't understood. Yeah, it's, it's, it's even though I wasn't a big fan of the movie, I'll probably watch it again just to try and catch everything yeah. that, that's actually going on here because like. Hate it or love it, we'll never get another movie like this where you're getting so many IP uh, property rights basically going on in one film, and that's that. I think that that's really cool. It, it's it's. I think it speaks volumes to where we're at currently with movies, with Marvel and everything being like so prevalent right now. Um, that in the last twenty years, you, you would never have got a film like this. So that's just it's just like speaking of that. Let me, let me ask you this: Do you think that maybe this whole culture we're living in, where back when we were younger, if you were into itch stuff like this? You were ridiculed. Yeah, you know, you were yeah, ridiculed. Totally. You were, and nowadays, it's the cool. It's it's Huey Lewis and Lou said it's hip to be square now. Yeah, you know, you, if you're into this stuff, you can tell it when you go to when you go to Comic Con. You see it. You know, used to you go, you'd see people that look like me. And yes, I know that's a stereotype, but you would. You see people like us. Now, when you go there, I'm seeing dudes that are ripped and shredded. They're walking around shirtless. And I'm like, what are you doing here? I'm Thor. Oh, you like the comic? No, I saw the movies. He's so cool. You don't know anything. Why are, you know? Yeah. And I'm not going to discourage anybody from liking something that you know wasn't into it. But it seems like now a lot of them are just doing it because it's the end thing to do. It's kind of annoying. So do you think we're getting to where it's yeah. plateauing to where it's going to end up dying off? Because this is going to go away eventually. This well, yeah. I mean, like, like in, in so the past, with a, movie, with a movie like this that's put all this up front and it's throwing everything, basically everything that we've loved forever, just throwing it in your face. Do you think this is going to be where it's plateauing and it's like, well, from here on out, what, what more can you do? 
besides, unless you do a Marvel DC movie together, yeah. what more can we do? I don't know about that, but in, in the past, um, I've noticed that there's been um, fads with films, and you can go back to the 30s when most of the films were cowboy films, and then you had a whole run of of, of war and, and whatnot, and then you had like a you know, crime, and then you had like so like you know, and in the 80s it was it was it was this era of like science fiction movies and then the 90s had a lot of, of films about about like armageddons and like you know, things like that or whatever and now you've got comic book movies and i think that this will run its course and then probably in like five years or so it'll probably be out and then we probably won't see any more comic movies for like 20 or 30 years so i'm i, 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 I know yeah it. so i'm i'm trying to enjoy this while it lasts before the uh common movie cover is just entirely just tired of it because we as, as geeks cannot hold up the entire franchise of comic they're movies not, by ourselves. yeah well that's the thing they're not targeting us they know they got us yeah whether because i mean the, and i just I, I it seems like everybody knows i it seems like i bash dc films constantly I'm not meaning to. It's just because it's terrible. Like, if you see, if you see the movies now, that's what I'm saying. They're not as good as they could be. And the thing is, they're not trying to. They're not trying to appeal to us. They know we're going to go see it. They're, we're going to plop down our nine fifty to fifteen, yeah. depending on where you live. We're going to watch the movie. They're trying to appeal to a broader audience, and they're failing miserably at it. And when you try, and when they're trying to get to these broader audiences, they're forgetting where it comes from. They're forgetting who the target audience is. Like you said, we can't. Sustain it. I understand that. Yeah. But you're alienating a lot of it. You're alienating a lot of us to where it's like, well, they're not even making a movie that I can enjoy from something I enjoy because you're too worried about Joe Blow down the street who doesn't give a damn about these movies or anything. You're worried about getting his money. It's that like, and then hiring actors that just don't belong. Like, you know, like, you know, I mean, like Will Smith should not have been in that damn movie. Like, you know, because he's, he's playing himself and he's been doing it for years. Like, like his character in Bright is the exact same character as as like Deadshot like you know and neither one of them work it's just like you know he's not people don't relate to him anymore and you need to stop pushing him on us because at one point like 20 years ago he was like this awesome actor but now it's like you know his time is just like you know come and gone I think whatever at this point and it's like um, Margot Robbie was I, I guess fine as Harley Quinn she, she, she she's, did a good job she she, did she's good very job. cartoony and stuff and that's fine she did a good job. but when nobody else matches her her, her level it makes her stand out as his like sore thumb character or whatever. So I mean, hopefully, I, I know that Josh Whedon's now now out of, of the uh, Batgirl and everything or whatever, which kind of sucks. I would like to see him take on a more specific lone story as opposed to doing like you know, big pictures or whatever. Um, but like you know, DC needs to hire more fun directors and more fun writers and get away from this whole dark atmosphere that like Zack Snyder's you know done. Well. Uh... We're getting off topic, but I don't it's care. It's talk. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's entirely no, 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 off topic. No, we're, I, don't, I don't care because we're down this road and I like it. <laughs> anyway, I just want to say, you know, if they were going that route, it's fine. Like, if you're choosing that, stick to it. Stay with it. If you're going with the Snyderverse and this tone, do it. When you brought in Josh Whedon and you see that in Justice League to where it'll go from this dark tone to this bright tone. Yeah, you're, it's you can't very off-putting. If you're going to have something, stick with it and go with it because you can make. they could make that work. They could have. Like I've said, uh, what you could have done is have the whole world look like that. Have it look dulled down. But when you see Superman, when you see Wonder Woman, when you see Aquaman, have their colors stand out more. Have them be bright. That way you can see they're the beacon of light in this drab world that we're seeing. They didn't go with that. Superman should not be a dark character. Batman's fine. That that was perfect for him. That drabness works for the Batman character. It doesn't work. Work for everybody. It doesn't work when you're... Not only that, but like I was talking to a, a few fans of DC over Marvel, and they like the whole idea that DC is the darker of the two, and that they have their own style, and that Marvel's more well, the comic more colorful. They're like that, so yeah, and as Marvel's more like a colorful, fun, and then when you see a film from DC, it's darker. It's it's it's, it's there's more grit to it, and it and like every Marvel fans felt that DC's been copying them for years, and then when they brought in Joss Whedon to like literally. Copy, copy them. It was really evident, and it just, it just kind of hurts that uh, Zack Snyder couldn't give us the movie that he wanted. But I, I've seen reports that apparently his final cut is terrible. So I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've seen the movie twice. I didn't, <laughs> you know, other than that. Um, you, speaking of which, do you think? Okay, going back to director, do you think a Josh Whedon or something could have worked on Ready Player One? Do you think his style? Because he's more of a, a bright, and he's got his. 
He's got his hmm. foot down in in the the geek culture. You know, he's been accepted as one of us because he knows that he's actually a fan. Yeah. Do you think it could have worked instead of having just a big name director tape to it? Josh, not that Josh Whedon's not a big name director, but do you think they could have went with? You know, they didn't have to go with. You know, it would be like getting Stanley Kubrick to direct this. It's nuts. But you um, know what I mean? Like, yeah. They're, they're like, I, I, I think that they just put Stillberg was like, okay. I think that his his character like interactions would have been pretty good, um, but his his uh, action styles are are very. I don't want to say non-colorful, but like the, uh, they're more grounded. So like the, they have these big moments, but at no point do I feel like I'm in a video game. So like I don't know if his style would have fit specifically. And like I think on paper Spielberg's style fits well, but I don't know. I, I, at the end of the day, it's done, and folks will like it probably, whatever. And like it'll make like you know three hundred million dollars, and it'll be it, it'll leave, and like it'll be okay. Did it bother you? And when he found the first key, that we didn't see him open that gate. <laughs> he, he, he didn't open any gates. No, they uh, but they they showed the J gate and the crystal gate being opened. They showed them because uh, Artemis opens the J gate for, for the shining or, or for what? Yes, in the shining. Okay, when she saves her, she opens. Oh, the J-Gate. oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and then right. you see him open the crystal gate. It kind of bothered me. I didn't see him open. The, the original, I don't know why it bothered because me. the uh, third gate he's just like all the keys right yeah. and, and, but he has to o- he has to open it to get to that yeah but that's what I'm saying it, it, it kind of bothered me and I don't know why it bothered me so much but I'm like why didn't we see you open this gate when we saw you open the rest of them did you not have a budget for this gate <laughs> they didn't have a budget for anything apparently I don't know um, what what, what I, I wanted to say was my favorite moment in the film was probably yours also and that's when uh, it's Gundam versus Mecha Godzilla. And it's kind of silly because, like, everybody's yelling at the Asian dude, Dido. They're like, hey, what are you doing? And I agree. Like, so is he just hanging out in the car for, like, you know, dramatic effect to, like, you know, turn into, like, you know, Gundam or whatever? But it was it was pretty dope to see, like, you know, that, that like, you know, combat going on. I, I, but in the book, it's so much bigger. It's so much better. Well, I would have... it's in the book, it's not Gundam. It's, uh... Uh, Ultraman, or yeah, well, 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 well like it, it starts off. The, the, there's a Gundam, and like a few others, mm-hmm. and um, and then and then he 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 kills all of them, and then he turns into like Ultraman or whatever. But it would have been cool for them to have just found like really big, you know, um, mechs or whatever, and then had like a, a, a like this huge fight or whatever and scene or whatever. But it, I don't know, like it is what it is. And you're wrong. My favorite scene. In this movie. Oh, it, wow, really? It's not that? This, oh, my God. Well, I love that scene, but this scene just made me laugh. And I was the only one in the theater laughing, and I don't know why, because it's <laughs> hilarious. When they're, everybody in the Oasis is battling at the end. Okay. And they're driving down the street in real life, and you see people on the street <laughs> just doing karate kicks. Not well, but they're just kicking. And what's funny is that and nobody's hitting anybody. That's not in the book either. I know, but when like, you're Why is that in the fucking you're movie? It, you're seeing like 40 people on the street. And they're just punching and they're throwing kicks and nobody has touched anybody. And it seems so dangerous because... I don't, I don't know if you know this, but I i don't know if you've ever used VR before. No. I use VR... I have a just a cheap little VR thing and I put my phone in it and it was a haunted house thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you have to move around. Okay. So I'm in my house here and I put it on and I move around and I hit the wall three times. <laughs> like, and nobody is touching anybody. But that just made me... Thank you. That just made me laugh. Yeah. Because I'm like, they're just out there and you see them rolling by and people are just throwing punches and they're doing these little stupid Like, I'm, I'm wondering how many folks run into like, the street on accident and, and just get run over. Because, like, the, 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 that, that exact scene has the five guys from Halo, basically, all, all in the armor. And all of them, like, are running it uh, down the streets. And then you see them in the game, like, shooting things. I'm like, That's, that looks really dangerous. Like, I would never play this game because you would just die because like, you, can't, you can't go anywhere. It's insane. That's what I mean. People are walking around with it, but that was my favorite scene because it just made me laugh. <laughs> that you just see a bunch of people throwing yeah. sidekicks in the street, and they're just walking, driving down, going, "What's happening? What's going on?" It's hilarious. Um, so I mean, I mean, like overall, I I, I think it's fine. It's 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 probably like a C plus for me. It's it's not it's not. I mean, so I, I guess on like a number scale, it's like a six. Overall, I will say this uh, again. I really enjoyed the movie. I. One out of ten, I'm going to give it about a seven. I really like yeah. Seven, maybe seven and a half. But this movie at its core, no matter what, you throw out all this whole 
people trying to find keys or whatever. This movie is about a shy, introverted, genius geek who fell in love, had one friend, and he created a world where he could be something. And Holiday, Holiday created a world because he didn't feel he didn't feel comfortable in the outside world. He created his own world. He had one friend, and he had to love his life, and he never got to live. This movie is actually very sad. At the very end, when he finds the key, and you see Holiday, and he's explaining all this. Yeah. It like I, I actually wanted to cry because you see a guy who basically is telling you, "I lived my whole life in this. I never explored anything. I was scared. I lost my only friend." The woman I love married my best friend because I was too scared to take a plunge. It's actually really heartfelt. And I was like, I want to know more about Holiday because of this. It, 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 it's weird. It speaks. It speaks to a lot. It, it speaks to a lot of people that like this kind of stuff. The ones that like, you know, I don't have a lot of friends or anything like that. So I get lost in a world of a comic book or a movie or a video game. I get lost in world in a world where I can be something I'm not. Yeah, and I know I'm getting deep, but I'm serious. I like, well, I, what's I funny is this. that like you you read that much into it, and I don't think this movie had that much heart. No, no, no. <laughs> it's but, like, like, but but like you know, it, I, I, it, it spoke I, to you though. I, I so know, that's like, cool. Like I know that they, they weren't. I don't think they were planning that. I think they were just trying yeah. to say, make you be like, oh, well, this poor guy. But like really, I read into that. It's like this this guy created a world because he didn't feel comfortable in our world. And for like I said, for a lot of people that go see these kind of movies, it speaks to them because that that's. That's something a lot of people are feeling, and I think it might actually help people realize that they don't have to, you know, you can you can live your life. Don't be scared to meet new people. Don't be scared to talk. Don't be scared to ask the girl out that you like. Don't be scared to, you know, kiss the girl. I honestly think that this movie might speak to and actually help somebody do that. Or maybe I'm just speaking way too into this. <laughs> but I'm, I think I think it's I think the 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 movie much more so is about love. And the book's not so much about that. It, it's more about his passions and stuff, whatever. Well, they gotta have them be together. Yes, again. but but because it's a film, and because you know, uh, this movie's very cookie cutter at times. Like that, they had to have this, like you know, lost love moment. I don't know, but I mean, like you know, it's cool. I mean, you know, it spoke to you. That's that's awesome. At least, at least Artemis isn't a three hundred pound guy from Detroit. <laughs> that, named Chuck. That'd have been better, I think. <laughs> if they if they had gone with that. <laughs> and then, like, uh, Wade Watts is just like, uh, I don't love you. <laughs> Sorry. You're, you're a dude. Yeah. Although, although I will say this, Artemis in real life, they in the book they do it too, where they're like, you know, she, you wouldn't like me for what I say. And then you see her. And it's this beautiful girl. She's got a red mark on her face. Yeah, what's funny is that in, in the book, she's, correct me if I'm wrong, she's like overweight, right? No. Oh. Like, like I, 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 I could have sworn, like, you know, when, when he sees her picture, he says that she's... She's not fat, he says, but 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 she's like you know larger than an average, and, and then her face has the you know mark and stuff or whatever, and it's Hollywood. You can't cast fat people. That's true. It's true, man. They're not gonna have Rebel Wilson being in this movie. It's like uh, here recently, I've been watching um, Agents of Shield, and everybody's like crazy attractive and so annoying. This is like everybody. That's because nobody everybody's watches, model. Nobody apparently. watches that show. The show is poorly written, and they're like, <laughs> "Hey, we put a bunch of pretty people in here and made people to watch it." I just want to get the Ghost Rider. Okay, that, that's all I care about. No, and then if that's terrible, then, then okay, then, it's, it's then I'm done. <laughs> all right, so that's gonna be us talking Ready Player One and going off course on about a hundred other things. That's but true. it's always fun to sit down and talk about this Ready Player One. I tell you, go see it. I think you'll enjoy it. No matter what, the thing between us is we both review movies in different forms, whether it's on a video or it's on this podcast, whatever. We have two different styles of doing this, and I've told people this. You are actually more of a film critic type. And what I mean by that is you will look at something and you'll say, well, it was shot beautifully here. The dialogue didn't work here. It's it's cynical over here. It's nonsensical here. And I'm over here going, oh, that dude said something about his crotch. That's, you know... <laughs> You're you're Roger, like, you're, you're Roger De- and I'm gonna say you're Roger Ebert and I'm Kevin Smith and yes I'm going back to Kevin Smith is because it doesn't take a lot for me to like a movie that makes me jealous though because I've gotten so damn cynical I, I can't find joy in anything so I I, I like like I feel I, it sucks because I, I was talking to a Chase and he said man like that like he 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 feels bad for me watching movies because I find joy in nothing and it's just like that sounds terrible like, it is terrible it, it, I hate going into every damn movie and hating it immediately or whatever and, and, and like even though it's it's awesome probably or whatever I'm just like no 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 none of this shit works for me you know? it's like, well, that's what I mean though but you get you get into when you review a movie yeah. you get deep into it while me I'll watch it and I can review it 
but I'm looking at it through a different eye. I'm looking at it through child's eyes. I really am because I'm seeing a lot of stuff, especially when it comes to most of the stuff we review is the same type of stuff. It's in this culture. And I'm seeing stuff that, you know, I grew up with and watched when I was a kid or sure. I'm watching it and I'm like, you know, I'm finally getting to see this. I'm finally getting to see it on the big screen. I'm getting to see these heroes interact. I'm getting to see this get made. I'm getting to see my book, my one of my favorite books get made. And it, it just doesn't take a lot to it doesn't take a lot to inspire me to say I like the movie. Batman v Superman was the main toy point of that. That movie is not good, I understand that, but still I'm seeing you're seeing these guys together. You're seeing the holy trinity of DC yeah. on film. Why do we keep going back to DC on this? I don't know. This has nothing to do with Ready Player One. Because <laughs> we, we, we of Warner be, Brothers. This we just wanted to be good so this bad. podcast is sponsored by Warner Brothers. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't sue me. But uh, I want to thank Andrew again for for the Ready Player One for being here talking about Ready Player One. I will say um, my next project I'm going to do on my channel is I'm doing an entire video series called uh, Road to Infinity. And I'm going to watch every like MCU movie. It's, it's like 32 hours of film. And I'm going to break down basically where all the characters are, how everybody got where they are, where like all the stones are, and then basically my guesses for what the film's going to be about everything. I'm actually doing something similar nice. where I'm going to... I'm going to basically talk about all the movies leading up to Infinity War. Okay. And then I'm going to do one where you're putting the timeline. So basically you're going to know what movie went in the totally. world. Totally, yes, so you, yeah, yeah, If you wanted to watch it in order, you know. Yes. So So that's fair. Where can we Where can we watch these, these glorious videos at? <laughs> Uh, I'm currently only on YouTube right now, and that's just uh, Geek in Thought, and uh, eventually maybe I'll, I'll I'll do something else or whatever, but uh, I, I currently film one every like four months. So. <laughs> every four months you will be entertained. Every four months, yeah. Well, don't worry. When uh, Game of Thrones comes out, I'm sure we'll be the yeah. return of Geek of Throne, which I'm still waiting on the, the best fighters. Top fighters, yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, but where else can we see it? Where Twitter? Um, I'm on Twitter at uh, Geek and Thought. I, I tweet maybe once every two months. So so again, so every, super active, super active. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry, I understand. <laughs> so uh, thank you for that. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, man. Thank you to everybody for listening. That was me and Andrew talking about Ready Player One and going off with some other things. Thank you for all of the support. Uh, next week. Or later on this week before WrestleMania, it's WrestleMania weekend, so we recorded the second podcast, and he will be sitting in on Wipe the Smart Off Your Face as we give our WrestleMania predictions. Thank you to everybody for supporting the podcast. Thank you for all the love and support and shares and subscribes, likes, comments, everything. Uh, follow me on Twitter at NerdfulPod. Follow me on Instagram at NerdfulPodcast. Go follow Andrew on Twitter at Geek and Thought. Follow him on YouTube at Geek and Thought. Go watch his videos. He's very informative. He's funny. He, he's a generally good guy. Yeah, I think you'll really like it. Just drop him a comment. Let him know Nerdpool sent you. Thank you, for everybody, for your support. And until next time, that's Nerdpool. See you.